Joining us today is one of the best up-and-coming artists in Australia, originally out of the UK, now residing out of Brisbane, is Ethan. How are you doing today, mate? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very, very good. First question I want to ask you is, how are you dealing with isolation at the moment? Um, it hasn't affected me too much. Um, I don't normally leave my house too much. It was really only to go to uni, and that's just moved online, so... Just a lot of my Monday to Wednesday, but every day now. <laughs> awesome stuff. And as far as I guess being creative and, and a musical genius, um, have you been able to come up with some uh, more musical ideas or any more song ideas since uh, being in isolation? Actually, um, my writers' organisation, Afro started this thing where they were, because um, of isolation, everything, grouping a couple of songwriters together. And I'm working with this songwriter called, I think, Paul Blum Cross. I can't completely remember his last name. And we're actually working on something at the moment. So it's really exciting. But yeah, I've just taken this as an opportunity to go over the um, work I'm making right now and really refine it. And yeah, it's been an overall positive experience despite everything that's going on. Oh, that's good to hear. And I want to, you know, go all the way back to your um, original journey, obviously from the UK. Um, when did you first um, come to Australia? Oh, God, I must have been like seven or something. <laughs> I was quite young. Um, it was my parents' decision to move because I have a lot of asthma and things. So um, England wasn't really for me because I was always sick and I came over here and I was just like a new person, completely healthy and everything. No, that's really good to hear. As far as, I guess, musical, when did you um go into the musical world? When did you think, man, I want to be a musician? Um, was it your first CD, first album, first live concert? When did you feel that you wanted to be a musician? Oh, God. It would have been about maybe two, three years ago. Um, I'd always been interested in poetry, but I started writing a lot of lyrics and things because that was just an easy step over. I've always had a fascination with writing. And then that just turned into, like this passion where I just needed to learn how to play instruments. I needed to learn how to sing. I needed to learn how to produce. It just all naturally flowed into this motivation I'd never felt before. And then before I know it, almost exactly a year ago, my first single came out and it just became so incredibly real. I had done it relatively by myself and it's just, it's been an amazing journey. No, no, Dan, I think that's where we, um, no, we've seen you obviously recently you've you've dropped some amazing songs and obviously part of the alternative artistry scene. What appeals to you to, to that scene? Were you always into that sort of Lord sort of horses sort of scene? Um I have always had a fascination with alternative music, but I'd say when I discovered Lord, um Lord is one of my big influences. I just became head over heels in love with it. But I do listen to a lot of pop as well. But I have always found that alternative music gives me a kind of artistic freedom that other genres don't feel like they give to me in the same way. Like, I feel like there's so much room in alternative music, so many directions you can go, where it's still considered alternative music. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think alternative now such has such a large, broad umbrella turn to it. I mean, you got, you know, great artists, you know, exactly. you, know, you got the young bloods of the world, the Billy Eilish of the world, you know, who have just torn it up and you've got yourself and where, yeah. do you, where do you feel like you're in that spectrum? Do you feel you're more the young blood or Billy where you, you're talking about these really 
dark, deep issues that have real powerful and real um, important influence? Oh, um, I like to think I do. Um, I've, I've made a lot of songs from personal experiences that I've made. I've made, I, um, my most recent release also my upcoming one was actually about, um, homosexuality in the context of religious extremism, so about discrimination and things, and I do love that I have that ability to talk about social issues and things like that, and I want to go into environmental issues as well, continuing with this this metaphor I use of I Was Eros, which is about, I guess, describing how love is a medium that can create anything, um, both good and bad, and we can describe any situation through it whether it be social, environmental, personal. And I think I'm going to continue using that theme to talk about other issues that I'm passionate about. Well, that's the thing I was going to bring up next, actually, talking about that is obviously your name that you went with, your stage name, as I like to call it, uh, you went with I Was Eros, which is a really powerful source, you know, name. And as you said, do you consider it a stage name or alter ego, or do you think it's more more than that? It's more than, it's more than just yourself. It's a grand sort of scope of how you are as an artist um i always knew that i wanted i wanted um an alias and at first it was just eros there was uh, when i actually went on to spotify after i'd released my first song i realized there was a million of them so i later on changed it to my instagram username which was i was eros which i felt had more of a statement to it but it was it made me feel more comfortable talking about anything. It sort of gave me this confidence to have this um, godly facade and it fit in with this metaphor that I explained earlier that I really love talking about, sort of the spectrum and mediumship of, you know, love and intense emotions and things like that and how it can be used to describe and create anything. Because I find a lot of my work is all created in the space of, just really intensely feeling whatever I'm feeling, just as harshly as it comes, and then building off of that. So it, it describes my process, it describes my value, it just gives me the confidence I need to feel comfortable going out into the world and, you know, giving them a piece of me. No, no, yeah, and obviously as an artist, you, you, you want to feel protected, you want to also, as you said, um, give a voice to people, and I think what you're doing is really, really great. I think one thing I have noticed with you lyrically is that you're very subconscious. Have you always been, obviously, as you said, you come with a poetry background, so lyrics for you have always been very easy, so you want to be really powerful when you deliver those lyrics. You just don't want to do very humdrum sort of lyrics. Mm. Yeah, um... Could you repeat the question for me? Sorry, I think I missed half of it. No, it's okay. So it was more about how you're you're lyrically driven as an artist, and mm-hmm. yeah, obviously you don't you to stand out in the crowd. Your lyrics have to be um, very subtle at times. And I, when you know I was reading your lyrics to some of the other songs, you got really a cerebral sort of context when you when you write lyrics. Were you always that way because of your poetry? You always um, go a little bit more um, mental, where whereas people have to really think about your lyrics. Oh, yes, yes. I've always been a bit like that. Um, uh, Whenever I try to write things that are more on the nose and easier to to just sort of hear and 
understand like that a bit like pop music how there's a dialogue style to them you know things you say to other people it's never felt right for me like it's never felt like something i'm proud of creating i really like to take people on um a subjective journey where they need to really think about it that doesn't appeal to everyone but it's i guess what i love about listening to music and it's come across in that sort of very long-winded way that I write where I use a lot of metaphors or I use a lot of imagery and sometimes it doesn't hit you on the first listen. Sometimes you need to go up the lyrics, you need to listen to it a few times. I've always found that to be an interesting way to write that not many other people do and that sort of makes my music and my writing style a little more unique, I suppose. No, no. um, Yeah. No, that's what I love um, about you as an artist. I think you, you go a little bit, um, you go a lot, I won't say heavy with the metaphors, but you you make fans and, and radio people listen to your lyrics very carefully instead of it just being, oh, it's a typical sort of alternative track. This is actually very different. This gives you a different sort of meaning to what the song's supposed to be. Speaking of meanings for the song, Mercedes Essay, I sort of got the picture of what the song was about with the title, but, yeah. but the lyrics for it is also very different as well. It's... um. Tell us a little bit about the uh, the process for making the song and then obviously the story behind the song. Mercedes S was written an interesting time in my life where the song was telling me things I didn't want to tell me because it was the... I've written other songs about my experience there and I'll go into it a little in a moment, but it was the only song I had written while I was experiencing those things. Like, while I was in that moment, it was the only song I had written. And um, I think that's the, um, kind of a back-and-forth thing. So I was in a relationship where I didn't feel like I was for that person. And they were kind of making me feel like that. But um, I was blaming myself a lot. And that comes across, I think, those moments where it sets the other person up to be, like, this person who just, you know isn't, um, you know, settling down me the same way I am, and I don't feel the same thing, but sometimes it's describing me as the bad guy. I'm not doing something right. And I think it goes back and forth between blaming me and the other person a bit, because that's how I felt in the moment. I was blaming myself, and then I'd be blaming them, and I just didn't really know what to think at the time, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's... That is itself, I mean, that the song comes across that way. It's it's sort of a, a back and forth emotion of you know you feel like you're blaming yourself, but you're not blaming yourself. It's it's very that's where it takes very very smart lyric lyricists to come, to bring that story to life because you know that's very hard, as you said, very hard to explain the song what's about and then to actually you know perform it and obviously to record it in such a way that people everyone can understand the song. Yeah, it's really hard to explain, but I, I gather you felt that in a in a conflict then, which yeah. is really good because that means I've done my job right. <laughs> well, that's the next thing I was going to say is because obviously a lot of your lyrics um for maybe a lot of people or, or first time or casual listeners might not understand it. Do you ever obviously you don't want to go away from how great you are as lyrics? Do you ever feel like maybe this song's a bit too confusing for my listeners, or maybe this is you know maybe a bit too in-depth for them, or do you ever think about that when in the recording session, or, or do you personally feel that people will understand you and your lyrics? 
I, I, I have a lot of self-doubt sometimes, and I go back and forth with that. Normally, while I'm writing and while I'm making the song, um, I'm thinking, yeah, I understand this, so obviously everyone else will. But then after I've got the song finished and I've already thought about, like, um, how I would like to exhibit the song, that's when I start thinking, oh, well, what if no one gets it? But um, I've always, when I've, like, discussed it with people I'm close with, so there is still bias there because they would know more about me, but um, they've always, like, um, gotten it pretty fast. But it's kind of hard to tell because I don't know whether they've gotten it fast because they understand the um, the lyrics by themselves or whether because they, they know something about me that allows them to understand it. So um, sometimes I do, um, I make videos on my, my YouTube channel where a lot of my music is posted and things and my music videos. I, I've started making videos where I um, go into the lyrics a bit just in case people were curious about whether their subjective reading of my lyrics was like the right one. Because I think with lyrics like mine and whether your, your personal reading was the um, reading I gave it when I wrote it can be uh, kind of tricky. <laughs> No, 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 I think that's really good that you're giving people that in-depth, um, I guess, analysis to your own work and allowing people to, to, to come into your world and go, well, this is, this is actually the meaning behind the song. However, I understand yeah. someone else takes a different meaning for my song, which is okay, because obviously we all, you know, take different lyrics, different songs wildly differently to how the artist made it, basically. Exactly. And as far as yeah, I was... I will... Yep, go on. Well, yeah, I've always, I've been very fascinated, especially recently, with this idea of um, taking people through a journey of a metaphor or of a song's general theme. Like, I've described my own journey, but they can take their own journey within that, within that body of work. And that's been something really fascinating that I've wanted to play with. And as far as, obviously, the, the rest of this year goes, you've released three songs, well, now about to be four songs this year so far that I've found. What is, mm. the, what is the plan going forward? Is there um, an EP going to be released when this all calms down, an album? What's, what's the plan going forward for you? There, there might be. Uh, I'm not going to give you a yes or no, but there might be an album next year. Ooh. Exciting mm. enough. That's, that's, that, that, that's the artist code right there. You don't give too much away. <laughs> Obviously, what can obviously what can we expect? Obviously, from a, a project from you because we, we've got some samples. Obviously, with with your singles, and and they're very different each single one of them. You, I love how you do experiment out, and but are also very proud of who you are, and also you know you express yourself very very well. What is um I was eros? What is what was an what would an album look like to you in the perfect world? Oh, that's a tricky one. That's so, that is such a good question. Um, I'd like there to be a diverse amount of emotion. I find that there'll probably be a, a fair amount of sad. I'm really good with that. But there will also be, there'll be some happy, there'll be some dancing, there'll be, you know, there will be a diverse emotion to um, an album. There'll be, you'd be able to feel a few things from it and it would take you through a fluid journey it wouldn't feel like one emotion than the other I think it would be it would have a flow to it you know you'd end up feeling one way at the start and you'd feel differently by the end and it would feel natural 
Well, that's, that's, that's a good segue because I think that's what a lot of us need to be. They need to really explore their emotions and, you know, they need to touch people's emotions. You know, I don't think we do it that much anymore. I want to, before we, we finish off, I want to get on to the, the single that I guess how I found you almost was Prayers of the Dog Mice, which is a very um, powerful song, but obviously a very um, important song for you personally. And was it really hard writing that song or was it just very natural writing that song? Because did you get any feedback from it? Did you get any negative press from it? I mean, it's a very powerful song. Uh, that is the only song that I have received any kind of negative, like, like, um, not really feedback, just negative responses from, oh. from people on the internet. And I think it's because of how it was my most promoted song. I had, like, um, a really advanced campaign in comparison to what I've done previously, so it reached a lot more people. And, you know, when you reach more people, you've got more chance for reaching people who don't resonate with it. Yeah. And not everyone did resonate with the style as much, and I think that was because uh, the specific platform was YouTube, the music video I released for it, and the campaign for that was um, less Australia-based, and it went into the UK and US and Canada a bit. And I think that culture of music doesn't appreciate indie music mm. as much as um, Australia does. <laughs> um, so I think for it sounds as experimental as that song was for me. Um, they didn't really resonate with it to um, be able to push past how um, how you need to think about the lyrics of it. But um, that song, to write, um, it did, at the starting it off, was really hard. I just had this one line and there's, there's so many people want me dead and there was a concept behind that. But the second I started writing the rest, it just sort of outflowed. And I'd been sitting on the lyrics for a long time. I wrote it nearly a year ago and I only produced it back in November, October. So it was for a long time just wondering when I should work on that song and get it finished. Oh, no doubt. And I think that's a really powerful song and a really powerful way to finish off. Thank you so much for joining me today and uh, good luck on the upcoming new single and all the works ahead. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. No problem.